people of the world hello and welcome to episode oh what is it nowadays 158 of marketing as a foreign language i happen to be your host um crazy stuff going on in the world uh not our main story but uh, vape sellers using tiktok to market to teens very reminiscent of uh tobacco companies back in the day what really is the difference if you ask me in case you're wondering, we are live, very live, so please do forgive the, at times, poor production quality. Um, being a live show means that it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm drinking a 2016 Poir tea. I'm not sh- sure if you're familiar with that particular kind of tea. It is truly delicious. Um, so yeah, on the show today, vape sellers and all that jazz... Uh, what else is going on in the show today? We got Facebook Supreme Court making its first ruling. This is the main story of the day. We'll be talking about that. Um, as I've mentioned before, it kind of seems like they're just letting someone else make the call, which is something that uh, emperors do. Twitter launches Birdwatch, combats misinformation. This whole combating misinformation thing is ubiquitous. It's all we talk about anymore. YouTube testing something like Twitch's clips. So on Twitch, users can clip things, which is kind of cool. So the basic premise is you're watching a live stream like this one, and you go, ha, 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 that right there, that's hilarious, Kellen, what you did there. And then, boom, you can clip it, and other people can watch the clips because it's got the best of the best. Alphabet and Facebook stock soaring. Well, not soaring, rising. And by rising, it's like up a percent or two, which is hilarious to me because you've got Bitcoin jumping from like 10,000 to 40,000. That's a significant jump, over 100%. Uh, this to me, 5% gains is kind of boring. Amazon, Google, Microsoft have taken over data centers uh, like Switch with security and not sort of mall security, if that makes any sense. And that's no... Uh, demeaning comment to mall security. I was a security guard for many years. Loved it, actually. Uh, but uh, no, these security guards are armed, that sort of security. So those are the shows, are the shows, those are the topics that we're going to cover today on the show. Why don't we hit that intro so I can pour myself more tea? That's really what the intro's for, to be honest. I managed to pour more tea. You proud of me? Facebook's Supreme Court makes first ruling. This from NPR.org. In case you're wondering, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is when we're live. We'd love to see you in chat. Every single person that chats uh, makes me a happy camper. So Facebook's oversight board on Thursday directed the company to restore several posts that the social network had removed for breaking its rules on hate speech, harmful misinformation, and other matters. The decisions are the first rulings for the board, which Facebook created last year as a kind of Supreme Court, casting the final votes on the hardest calls the company makes about what it does and what it does not allow users to post. Um, So as I've said before, this Supreme Court is kind of boring, kind of annoying, because at the end of the day, I I can't, I shouldn't be too upset with Facebook about this. I mean, who am I to be judging? But it would appear to me that they're doing the ancient Chinese tactic of Wu Wei, which is to do nothing. 
right? If you're the emperor, if you make a decision and it doesn't go well, it's your fault. So you say, ah, well, I'm going to do nothing at all. I'm going to have this court make all the hard decisions. And so we can probably learn a thing or two about this. I think this is a natural extension of people with massive amounts of power um, over long periods of time. Maybe they know intrinsically or they've studied um, concepts like Wu Wei, and they go, okay, well, I understand that I should try to extricate myself from the process. And I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't realize that perhaps at one point in my life, I may be in a similar position with a certain amount of influence. And at that point, I may go, okay, I'm going to have a, a third party deal with these sorts of things. So me being critical right now would be rather silly. Um, but it is the truth um, that Facebook is basically just pointing the finger and saying, look, they come up with the solution. We don't. But we've covered this. So let's actually dive into what exactly happened. So the ruling announced on Thursday um, does not include the most high profile and high stakes case on the board's docket. Facebook's suspension of former President Donald Trump from both its namesake platform and Instagram, which the company owns. So, whoa. And I do mean, whoa. Now, I would imagine Zuckerberg is just thrilled to bits that he can... Well, I shouldn't say thrilled to bits. I would say he's relieved that he can now go in front of Congress and say, hey, look, as I mentioned, third-party impartial board, it's not me. Okay, we've... And then they can drill him on that. They can go, this is ridiculous. You're a private company. It is ultimately your responsibility whether or not you appoint a third-party board or not. But it's the CEO equivalent of pleading the fifth. You just go, it's the board, it's not me. Impartial board. And then they can dive into the members on that board. They can criticize those people. And, and what you, as you can see, it's in, in Tai Chi Chuan. In Tai Chi, it would be the equivalent of just the smallest variation when you're pushing against someone. Just the smallest turn of the body forces the other person on their toes. Um, it, it would be like, imagine pushing on a wall and then the wall, the wall slowly moves just a little bit, but you didn't anticipate it and you start to fall. Um, it's kind of like that. So Zuckerberg can do the smallest thing. He can appoint these other people and then all of that force gets diverted to a new angle. And then these, um, representatives struggle to attack him because it's constantly shifting. The weight is shifting. So... Facebook suspension of Donald Trump, that's coming. But then again, you know, no one is immune. If you're in a fight, you might get punched in the face. So I'm not saying, you know, Facebook is immune to the attacks here. So the Trump case, according to NPR.org, which the board has 90 days to consider since receiving it last week, is seen as a crucial test of the panel's legitimacy. And that is true. The board will begin taking public comment on it on Friday. I wonder if the board is being paid or not. This is... um. Definitely something I'm interested in knowing. Still, Thursday's decisions are an important first glimpse into how the board sees its governance role and indicated dissatisfaction among members with how Facebook has communicated and enforced several key policies. Quote, we believe the board has the ability to provide a critical independent check on how Facebook moderates content and to begin reshaping the company's policies over the long term, according to the former prime minister of Denmark, who is one of the board's four co-chairs. Uh, okay. So obviously he thinks that this is a big deal. I mean, that's a huge status symbol. Think about it. If you've been elected onto this this board, 
um, you're going to be in the news. There are going to be cameras. There, are, there's going to be. It's, it's basically the best thing that can happen to your Instagram profile <laughs> is to be on this governance board for Facebook. You know, and this dude is a former prime minister of Denmark. He's like, I'll do it. I'll make these moderation decisions and think about it. Um, a former prime minister of Denmark is making decisions about a former president of the United States, and so. These companies, these Facebooks, are making global decisions, truly global decisions. People of the world, hear me roar. So there you go. Um, in its first batch of decisions, the board overturned Facebook's post removals in four of five cases. So it's overruling Facebook's decisions. It overruled Facebook's removal of a post from a user in France criticizing the government for withholding an alleged cure for COVID-19. Facebook had removed the post because it said it could lead to imminent harm, but the board said the user's comments were directed at opposing government policy. Quote, Facebook had not demonstrated the post would rise to the level of imminent harm as required by its own rule in the community standards. And so the blowback for Facebook here is that, you know, Zuckerberg or whomever, um, they get to relinquish responsibility, but they are also relinquishing responsibility. Um, fascinating, really, at the end of the day. So this panel is overruling things, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's good PR for Facebook. I think it's the right move. And uh, if the board goes totally rogue, then uh, they can always just appoint new board members. So do they still completely have control over the situation? Of course they do. Moving right along, Twitter launching Birdwatch, which supposedly is going to combat misinformation. We'll see what that means. This from NBCnews.com. Twitter unveiled a feature Monday meant to bolster its efforts to combat misinformation and disinformation by tapping users in a fashion similar to Wikipedia to flag potentially misleading tweets. The new system allows users to discuss and provide context to tweets they believe are misleading or false. And so it is the group taking a look at tweets that they believe are misleading or false so it's similar to wikipedia and it allows folks to flag tweets that they think are garbage the project called birdwatch which is basically um what's that little crime watch thing you see everywhere um neighborhood watch this is neighborhood watch on the internet so the project titled birdwatch is a standalone section of twitter that will at first only be available to a small set of users largely on a first-come, first-served basis. Priority will not be provided to high-profile people or traditional fact-checkers, but users will have to use an account tied to a real phone number and email address. Quote, Birdwatch allows people to identify information in tweets they believe is misleading or false and write notes that provide informative context, according to Twitter VP of product Keith Coleman. So a whole storm of people, similar to Wikipedia. I got flack when I was a teacher. I used to use Wikipedia. I thought Wikipedia was a halfway decent place for information. And uh, this was you know 10 years ago or so. And people would say, no, it's garbage. Anyone can change it. And now literally Google is using it in their videos. It is culturally ubiquitous. And uh, I would argue respected. Call me crazy. If you're an academic and you think Wikipedia is garbage and you want to make that argument, I am open to hearing uh, the counterpoint. But as far as I can tell, Wikipedia is pretty amazing. And this idea of the group, by and large, being able to make fairly accurate decisions 
cheaply, affordably, and effectively um, comes to fruition here with Birdwatch. Um, look, I don't know if you've been on Nextdoor. Um, Nextdoor is sort of a, a very gossipy kind of social media platform. Brilliant, actually, in its execution. Um, and at the end of the day, um, I feel like Birdwatch and things like it are going to be ubiquitous. Um, these companies definitely want you spending more time diving into these things. They want you to have some form of power. The more power you have, the more willing you are to spend more time on the platform, the more ads they can serve to you, the more money they make. Um, and so what I found when I was doing my Twitch chess stream was that the moderators uh, who joined the stream would always be there when I'd go live. They they were right there because they had responsibility and it kept them coming back. So Twitter launching Birdwatch. YouTube testing something like Twitch's clips. Um, if you're on Twitch and uh, the live streamer, like I am currently doing, does something funny or interesting, you can create a clip. This from au.finance.yahoo.com. YouTube is finally allowing users to create and share clips from videos. A small number of creators will have access to the clipping tool during the initial test, including some gaming channels. The feature is now available on desktop and Android, and it'll arrive on iOS soon. Channels on which the test is active will have a clip icon underneath their videos between the thumbs up and thumbs down. Oof, duh. That is prime retail space. Um, on the YouTube page, and you'll be able to create a clip lasting between 5 and 60 seconds, add a title, and share it elsewhere. That's a big, big deal. So say, for example, um, we're live on the show. I say something you think is funny. You click this little clip button. You grab that 60 seconds. You can go share it. Hey, here's this funny thing. Whatever. It's interesting. Um, back to the article. You don't create a new video when you make a clip. Instead, you'll have a looping segment of the original content that you can share. So... We understand that. Clips are a big deal. They work really well for Twitch. Um, they're a great advertising mechanism. Who's going to share the whole video? You know, um, If I wanted folks to help me promote this video, for example, um, it would be far easier to take just a funny segment than it would, hey, here's a link for a 30-minute video. People are going to go, bah. Alphabet and Facebook stocks rise. Facebook and Google were among the companies whose shares rose in extended trading. This from CNBC.com. Shares of Alphabet, Facebook, and other advertising-driven internet companies gained an extent in extended trading on Tuesday after Microsoft's earning report showed that its advertising businesses did better than expected. We talked about this, I want to say, yesterday about how we um, assumed, perhaps, how we predicted that Q4 gains from last year would be pretty strong for Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, etc., the outcome for two parts, according to the article of Microsoft, that reflect advertisers' activity could indicate improvement in global economic conditions as the coronavirus pandemic begins to respond to widespread vaccination programs. Microsoft said its LinkedIn social network, whose marketing solutions division generates revenue from ads, delivered $2.58 billion in revenue in the December quarter, up about 23% on an annualized basis. Microsoft previously said that growth would be around the same as its previous quarter, which came in at 15.6%. So look, I mean, as far as I can predict, um, Facebook, Amazon, Google, they just, they wear the crown at this point. Um, I don't see anyone unseating them. I will definitely let you know if I feel like there's any chance that anyone can fight back. 
as far as I can tell, they are just absolutely dominant. Um, when we have an issue with a client with Google My Business, for example, we will um, we will reach out to Google and get you know some folks, typically uh, from India, Pakistan, this sort of thing, as customer service, and uh, we will work with them. But then they'll switch us to someone else. We go okay, and they'll get switched to someone else. And this it's very much like the DMV. Um, it, they're so large that they act almost like a government institution at this point. They're just massive. And it used to be that when you called in for Google ads, um, well, that's not true. I shouldn't, I shouldn't bring those two points together. So Google, my business in particular, isn't a revenue driver for Google. And so your, your customer service, just, they don't spend as much on it. Um, and to their credit, every Google, my business problem is annoying. <laughs> I mean, we've had clients where they'll say, okay, we don't really believe you're at this address. And we say, oh, of course we are. They're like, send us a letter for a bill. We do that. And then they'll say, send us a letter for the bill. And then we'll say, we did that. Here it is again. And then they'll say, send us a letter for the bill. And we will say, this is the third time we've sent you this letter for the bill. What's happening is that there's an algorithm that's determining these things. And these poor people who don't have any real power they can't go into the code. They can't change that stuff. Are kind of fighting, as far as I can tell, against this this machine learning that is making decisions, and then they have to escalate these problems to engineers that, on a person by person basis, they can make changes. And what will happen is the listing will go up, and it'll come right back down. So they can get it up, but then I think the machine learning comes in and just takes it back down. So we've, I mean, there have been times, 15, 20, 25 times, we just keep going back and forth and back and forth. And I could just be completely off about this. I could just be wrong. This could be there could be some other thing that's causing this to happen. But from my perspective, that appears to be the most rational explanation for why that would be occurring. Um, manually, someone literally going through and taking it down doesn't make sense to me when someone literally just put it back up. So um, anyway, point being that uh, they're so huge and they're not without errors, but. Um, Small businesses spend a lot of money on Google ads, a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, it's very difficult to get away from those ads. Um, even if you make just a slight margin on it, uh, Google gets all that profit. It's all profit. If your ad campaign works or doesn't, um, it doesn't really, um, it doesn't, well, it sort of matters to, to folks at Google ads, but at the end of the day, they make money either way. Amazon, Google, Microsoft have taken over data centers actually owned a data center at one point with uh, three business partners of mine. And uh, let me tell you, it's uh, tough to do that. So this from CRN.com is demand for digital services skyrocket. The three largest public cloud vendors in the world have effectively taken over the hyperscale data center market, according to new data from Synergy Research Group. Amazon, Microsoft, and Google collectively now account for more than 50% of the world's largest data centers across the globe as the three companies continue to spend billions each year on building and expanding their global data center footprint into, excuse me, to accommodate the high demand for cloud services. So, Matrix, anyone? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so they own everything. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk about breaking up Amazon and Google and Microsoft. Um, politicians are going to keep fighting these fights. Um, does the fact that they own this much of the virtual space um, play into how difficult they're going to be to um, 
break up eventually or will the market i mean i hope the market decides eventually um i know people have strong feelings about facebook strong feelings about google and uh their ethics and and this and that um but at the end of the day just to get a sense of the spend um the global the global covid 19 pandemic according to the article spurred a record-breaking third quarter 2020 as data center spending reached 37 billion dollars so i know everyone's obsessed with real estate physical real estate rental properties commercial real estate but you just absolutely cannot forget data centers in that equation they are i mean these these processing these computers are just they're money machines at the end of the day yes you need the website google obviously you need amazon you need these things but the data center themselves data centers themselves are just massively important to remember um, when you think about real estate and uh final article of the day comes from techcrunch.com vape sellers using tiktok to market to teens not surprising in the least uh, according to the article tiktok has a vaping problem although a 2019 u.s law made it illegal to sell or market e-cigarettes to anyone under the age of 21 TikTok videos featuring top brands of disposable e-cigarettes and vapes for sale have been relatively easy to find on the app. Of course, policing that would be so incredibly hard because these are unboxings. These are, hey, look at this flavor, look at this, look at that. Uh, the article continues, these videos set to popular and upbeat music clearly target a teenage customer base with offers of now unauthorized cartridge flavors like fruit and mint in the form of a disposable vape. Some sellers even promote their discreet packaging services where the vapes they ship to customers can be hidden from parents' prying eyes by being placed under the package's stuffing or tucked inside other products like makeup bags or fuzzy slippers. That, that is evil. Uh, sorry, just gotta go, just gotta go out and say that. We're talking about selling nicotine, which we know is addictive, which we know um, can result in legitimate lifelong problems and uh it's funny because i'm such a i'm so open to like marijuana legalization for example i'm like it's fine make it legal um but uh yeah when i think of a company using these sorts of tactics um you know they're just trying to um undermine parents which is messed up and not okay um back to the article interested in flavored disposable vapes that appeal to teens and young adults in particular has been growing in the wake of the fda's jewel crackdown in february 2020 the fda first began to take enforcement action against illegally marketed e-cigarette devices including those offering flavors besides tobacco or menthol as well as those targeted towards minors yeah i mean same old same old song and dance know what i mean um very reminiscent of like joe camel and this sort of nonsense i just wonder if you worked for a company like this how do you i wonder what the the justification is in your mind of why this is okay you just go it's a choice they're making a choice um maybe the job pays really well so the money helps justify it i just don't know it's just kind of sad to me it's just kind of sad um but this is the nature of things um okay hey guess what marketing is a foreign language 10 30 a.m pacific standard time right here on the youtube machine love to see folks in chat love to see comments love to see folks hit the subscribe button notification bell all that stuff 
um, available on iTunes and Spotify. If you want to be a guest on the show, why don't you give us an email, info, that's info at senditrising.com. Um, and then obviously, if you or you know someone that's interested in a WordPress website, search engine optimization, Google ads, Facebook ads, blogging, um, and internet marketing in general, well, look no further than Send It Rising. That's what we do. I happen to be the founder. Facebook's Supreme Court makes first ruling. It's a big deal. It's kind of that simple. We'll see what they decide on Trump. Twitter launches Birdwatch. Okay, it's Neighborhood Watch for Twitter. Good for them. YouTube testing something like Twitch's clips. Brilliant, smart move. Alphabet and Facebook stock rise. Yeah, a little bit, but not nearly as much as Bitcoin. Amazon, Google, Microsoft have taken over data centers. Yep, when you think about real estate, don't forget data centers. Vape sellers using TikTok to market to teens. It's ugly, but it is true. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show for this Thursday. I'll see you tomorrow for Friday's episode. Thank you for swinging on by, and we will talk then. Farewell.